We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, we got some breaking news this afternoon. The New York Post... Man, they are all over this story and have been from the beginning. They've got contacts with the family members of the three members or three men who were found dead, frozen to death in the backyard of that Northland home. And they tell, they being the family members, tell the New York Post this afternoon that the toxicology reports, the initial toxicology reports are in and that cocaine and other illegal drugs were apparently found in the systems of the three men who were found frozen to death outside of a home last month in the Northland. Family members of David Harrington, Clayton McGinney, and Ricky Johnson had been anxiously awaiting the results of the report to offer clues as to what happened to the three friends before they were discovered outside of Jordan Willis's Kansas City rental home on January 9th. January 9th is a Tuesday. The men were at that home to watch a game on the 7th. That was a Sunday. So authorities are saying, you know, th- we're not going to talk about this today. Um, the prosecutor's office is referring all questions to the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. I don't know that they knew this story was going to drop as quickly as it did. Um, but we want to bring in good friend of the program, Tracy Spradlin, uh, with Spradlin Kennedy Law Firm, criminal defense attorney around town. I know you have handled cases like this uh, without some of the obvious puzzling elements in the backyard, Tracy. But but people want answers here. And so, first of all, thank you for joining us. <laughs> it's good to hear your voice. Well, I think I'm, you know, the one on your speed dial. You can just call whenever you need me in five minutes. What are right? you doing? Will you please call in? Uh, but, but people want to know, well, yeah. do I not have a life? You is know, that what it is? You know, I am your life. People want to know, um, <laughs> was there a crime when something like this happens or was there not a crime? And it, it, it's not always as black and white as I think people would think. No. And I mean, in this case, I think the police have come out several times and said they're not investigating this as a homicide. And really, unless they can find out who supplied these drugs... I don't know that anybody's going to get charged. In fact, I would be probably shocked if there were any charges unless they can somehow find how these drugs came to be in these people's systems. Can you give us an example, Tracy, because you have had cases similar. Other attorneys you know have had cases similar where there is a group and let's say some bad adult decisions or choices are made. What are the circumstances under which, which it could be a crime and then again, which it could not be a crime? Sure. So in this case, we have an epidemic going on right now where 
people are consuming drugs that are laced with fentanyl, and fentanyl is extremely dangerous, and even small quantities can result in an overdose and their death. But voluntary consumption of those doesn't necessarily mean that there's a crime unless you can trace back to the person that has created those and is dealing those and is putting people in jeopardy of their life. And so if four consenting adults are using drugs that they all purchase voluntarily from someone else, then you can't charge simply the one that did not die unless he was the one providing these drugs to the other people and had some idea of what he was providing them. But we, you said if we ever find out who, and I'm paraphrasing you, so forgive me, Tracy, but, uh, and thank you for joining us, uh, if they can figure out who provided the drugs, there was a fifth person uh, who left around, or claims to have left around midnight the night of the game, who, who could provide some details, potentially, right? Yes, and I think he has counsel now. I've seen a couple statements, um, you know, about that and, and what he may know. And, and it sounds like he's been somewhat cooperative to the extent that we can read about in, in the news with providing information on that. And then the neighbors, you know, provided information about what they've seen. But, I mean, it it's one of those where until we know more or if phones are right. searched or if, if things come to light, there may never be any resolution that ends with anybody getting charged here. Well, what, what do you chalk up to the fact that the uh, the guy who was renting the property, who his attorneys claim uh, was asleep for two days, what do you uh, make of the fact that he's uh, allegedly checked himself into rehab? Well, I think it, it fits with the narrative that these gentlemen were engaging in some celebratory actions that were not necessarily legal after a chief's victory. And, I mean, it could be as simple as, Three of the four people smoked, and so they take these drugs and they go outside to have a cigarette and they, you know, have an overdose there and that's where they fall. And then the other gentleman who is still alive is now checked into rehab, passed out inside and was not in the elements and was not, you know, succumbing to that fentanyl overdose potentially. And we're just speculating that that's what it was. I mean, have we... To my knowledge, the New York Post keeps saying that they froze to death, but we don't actually know if it was. Yeah, we don't actually know that. We don't know. I I think that we're waiting on the autopsy and and, and other results for that as well, Tracy. Let me ask you as a cautionary tale for our parents of teenagers or college kids listening right now. You have seen these cases where young adults uh, decide to engage in this type of behavior and there have been charges and I, so, so I think with all of the heat on this case and everyone is talking about it, is there not an opportunity through you and your expertise and all of the cases you've seen over the years where parents can say to even their college kids, look, this is out there, this is happening, and these are the potential legal consequences, even if everyone is engaging in this willingly and having a good time? Oh, it's terrifying, Dana, especially terrifying now as, as a mom myself of, you know, I've had clients overdose with fentanyl you know, who have gone and taken party drugs and things like that. And then if you are the one supplying those drugs to other people and then they die, you know, then you can be open to charges too. But we do have safe haven laws in place that if, you know, you call about someone having an overdose and you're trying to help them, then you can't be charged in that situation. Um, And that's to encourage people to help when you have someone in an active overdose or who's consumed something and you're worried about that. So, but I mean, to your point, it is terrifying what 
it has become, and we are having and experiencing fentanyl overdoses daily here. It is an epidemic because you just do not know what is in the drugs that you're getting from other people. And it is cocaine is getting cut with fentanyl because it's much cheaper to produce than cocaine. And you know how dangerous just a small amount of fentanyl can be. And when we have people in the throes of addiction, they often cannot separate the danger of that from the consequences of getting high. Tracy, we we have had the police department come out and say that 100% this is not being investigated as a homicide case. We've talked about that a couple of times already since you've been on the air. Having said that, does the one surviving party goer, if you will, uh, is he at risk for civil consequences potentially? I, I mean, it really, you would need a lot more information about what happened there and who knew what. The fact that these people were outside, he wasn't. You, yeah. I mean, we would just be speculating at this point what he knew. It, maybe they all went outside to do it away from him, so he wouldn't know. But, I mean, there is a fifth person that may have information, and it sounds like he's come forward at least to substantiate or distinguish some parts of what was released from right. Uh, but Tra- Tracy, I, I want to be clear. Let's say there are five people at a party, not even these five people. Let's make this as generic as we can. And they are doing recreational drugs that accidentally have fentanyl in it. They don't know it. And let's say three people die and two survive. Just because two people survive does not mean they are charged criminally. Just being a survivor doesn't mean you're guilty, I guess, is what you're saying. Correct. Correct. You would have to be able to link that to the activity that led to the other people's death and and that you furthered that. You purchased it, you gave it to them, or you had knowledge of that. Tracy Spradlin with Spradlin Kennedy Law Firm here in Kansas City, good friend of the program. Always great to talk to you. Thank you for your time. I will wait on bated breath for Dana's next call. It will be at at 6.05. Be well, be safe. I'll call you tonight. I love you both. She wants to grab drinks. We'll see you later. (laughs) Goodbye. All right, Tracy Spradlin, good friend of the show. Dana Wright. Sam Stevie the third. My name is Scott Parks. 913-586-7798-586-7798. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.